0: Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message.
1: You are here for many reasons, but one of those reasons might've been because somebody sometime many years ago, a month ago, a day ago, held the door open for you, taught you scripture, sat with you through a hard period and they weren't being paid to do so, they chose to serve. So God is calling us, God is calling me, God is calling you, to show the love of Jesus to others so others can experience Jesus the same way that you and I got to experience him.
0: Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Perhaps there has not been another time like now in which Christians need direction. We are confused and wondering if we can find the way God has for us. We are confused about our careers, our marriages, our kids, and even our friendships. In this sermon series, we are going to look at four distinctive characteristics that Christians need to have present in their lives in order to walk the path that God has for them. We hope that in this series, you will find clarity, peace, and most importantly, direction. Please enjoy the message.
1: Actually, the word servant and its derivatives are used around 1,100 times in the Bible. So it you know, it would make us believe that, a, that as Christians and as believers, servanthood and being a servant is kind of important and something that we should make a priority in our lives. So the question is, if there's a difference between servant and volunteer, why do we need to make that distinction? Why do we need to make that switch from being a volunteer to a servant? And this is why. Volunteers tend to develop an attitude. Volunteers are the, the type of people that say things like, you're just lucky that I'm here, or hey, at least I showed up. That's the way a volunteer thinks. That's not the way a servant thinks. Servants, on the other hand, don't do things for themselves. They do things for the kingdom. They're kingdom-minded. And they they help where there is need. They have no agenda to why they're helping, and they make no demands either. The term servant, from a biblical perspective, comes from the idea of a bond servant. And this is how it worked. Back Back in the day, if you had a large debt that you owed and you could not pay it, somebody would step in and pay that debt for you. As a, as a uh, payment to them, you would then become a servant to that master's family. And you would be a servant for seven years, the law said. And after seven years, you were free to go off on your own and to live your life. Your debt was paid. However, there were many servants back then that realized that the, that the, the debt that was paid for them was so great that there was no way that seven years was enough to pay off that debt. So they would choose to remain in servanthood to that master. Many times that master would house them, would feed them, would treat them right, even including their family. And that is what a bondservant was. They were no longer required to be there. They were willing servants. And that is what God is calling you to be today. God is calling you to be a bondservant, not a volunteer. God is calling you to step up. Because when we think about it, Jesus was the ultimate picture of a servant. Not only that, but he paid a debt That was so large that you and I can't ever do anything to repay that debt So God is calling us to stick around after our proverbial seven years of paying that debt and become bond servants Now to do this we have to move past volunteer and we need to move into servanthood And I want to highlight four attitudes of a servant that will help us understand the transition between volunteer and servant And it will help you realize are you a volunteer or are you a servant? Number one Volunteering happens on the outside, and servanthood happens in the heart. Volunteering is on the outside, servanthood is in the heart. Volunteers are people that want to make sure others are watching. Volunteers care about putting on a show, if you will, in a sense, so people are looking at them and people are noticing them. But a servant doesn't need recognition from anybody. A servant understands that he or she does what they do for an audience of one, and that is Creator God. That's a servant. Number two, volunteers keep score. Servants sacrifice. Volunteers say things like, I did that, now you do this for me. Servants understand, though, that serving isn't always convenient. Some days, servants don't want to show up. Some days, servants want to stay home and watch the game. They want to go skiing for the eighth time this season. They want to go to their vacation home. Or they just don't feel like showing up to serve, but a servant shows up. Because they realize that they made a commitment, and they realize that volunteering and servanthood are different and servanthood isn't always convenient. Sometimes it takes sacrifice. Volunteers are time sensitive. Number three, servants are need sensitive. A volunteer says, I'll do it if I have free time, if I can fit it into my personal busy schedule and move my golf game around, if I can squeeze it into my very, very tight schedule. But a servant looks at the need, He or she fills it, and then they move their schedule around it. I can't help but think of the Good Samaritan story. It's a perfect example for this. Because many people walked by the man that was beaten on the side of the road, left for dead. And they chose to not help because it wasn't convenient. Because it didn't fit their schedule. Because they didn't want to be the ones that would end up in trouble or hurt. Until one man comes along, he sees a need, the need's met, and he meets it. And then he takes care of that person even further by giving of his time and his money. And number four, volunteering makes you superior, but serving makes you humble. Volunteers seek status in whatever they do. They think that by serving, maybe they can become part of the in crowd, and then they can maybe push their agenda which is what they came into for the first place, and they can carry that agenda into there. But a servant sees it as a chance to become more and more humble, to serve, not to be served. And we'll talk a little bit more about the idea of humility later. But all four of these come down to one thing, and that is an issue of the heart. Why Why are we doing it? Why do we serve? Is it for our own personal gain, like volunteers, or have we made the transition to servants and we do it for others? Think about Matthew 25, 23. The verse says, well done, good and faithful servant, not well done, good and faithful volunteer, because there's a big difference between those two words. Now, I'm not up here calling anybody out because, frankly, I don't know your heart, and I don't know, for those of you that do serve in this church, why you do it. But I'm, but I'm bringing this to your forefront just in hopes that this would cause us all to examine why we do the things that we do and why we serve and volunteer in the capacities that we do. Are we being volunteers or are we being true bond servants to a creator God? Do we do it for self-gratification or do we do it to pay, to try and pay back a debt that we'll never be able to pay back? Now, I want to transition to the other group of people in this room. And these are the people that maybe haven't said yes. Yes. The ones that haven't taken the plunge to start serving, and there could be several reasons. Maybe um, you feel like you don't personally have time, or or you're new and you haven't even decided a Valley View is going to be your church home, or you have other priorities, or maybe you believe the lie that you have nothing to give, and so for that reason I choose not to serve. Or maybe, maybe you're you're serving somewhere else. Yes, serving extends to every aspect of life, but I thoroughly believe that Jesus loves. The local church jesus calls us to love the bride and god calls us to serve at our local churches i thoroughly believe that
0: thank you for tuning in to hope for the day our mission is to offer you hope through christ-centered biblical preaching we certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today you might not know this but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 1030 AM. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com for more information. Now let's get
1: back to our program. And God is calling us to to love one another and to serve one another the way that he served us. Now, I I, want to do another participation, raise your hand if you grew up in the church. Okay. Keep it raised if you attended a children's ministry class ever. Keep it raised if you ever attended a youth ministry. Keep it raised if you ever walked through a door at this church or another church that somebody held it open for you and smiled at you when you walked in. Yeah. Guys. You are here for many reasons, but one of those reasons might have been because somebody sometime many years ago, a month ago, a day ago, held a door open for you, taught you Scripture, sat with you through a hard period, and they weren't being paid to do so. They chose to serve. So God is calling us, God is calling me, God is calling you to show the love of Jesus to others so others can experience Jesus the same way that you and I got to experience him. If you find yourself in this position of maybe I haven't said yes yet, I want to give you three reasons why you should serve. Number one, you have something to give. Every single person in this room has something to give. And I believe that because that is based off a scripture. In uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11, it says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Even if you think you have nothing to give, I promise you that God has given you some sort of gifting, that God has given you something that you can bring to the table. One of my favorite, as a youth pastor, I talk to people all the time about serving with teenagers. And one of my favorite stories is about one of our small group leaders who isn't here anymore. He, him and his wife moved away, and it, and it really stunk losing him. But his name, was, his name is Jim, and Jim is a retired podiatrist. Now, I know podiatrist sounds like pediatrician. Believe it or not, he works on feet, not children. But, but Jim retired from being a podiatrist, and when you look at Jim on the outside, you're like, why would a retired podiatrist serve in student ministry? What does he have in common with a bunch of middle school and high school boys? Because Jim didn't dress like them. He didn't play the same video games, video games as them. He, he didn't follow the same social media trends as our students. He didn't even play sports like our students did. So on the outside, people ask why. Well, I believe that God gave Jim Scales the gift of caring and of serving. Because I tell people often, you know, youth ministry, serving in youth ministry, it isn't hard. All you have to be able to do is two things. You have to know their names and know and care about their story. That's it. That's the key to youth ministry. I tell people all the time, it is not that complicated, even if you have nothing in common with them. But here's the thing. Jim had something to offer those teenagers. He would show them how much he loved them. He created a space that was safe, inviting, and caring to those boys. And, he, and, it, was, and it was so noticeable when he left on how broken up those boys were to be losing one of their favorite small group leaders. When we realize that we have something to bring to the table, and we realize that God is calling us to partner in the life of somebody else with him. Mother Teresa has this awesome quote, and it says, I'm a little pencil in the hand of a writing God who is sending a love letter to the world. God is calling you to partner with him to serve people. And just like Jim, you have something to offer. Maybe people describe you as a very welcoming person. Hold the door. Maybe you're good at having conversation. Work at the cafe. Maybe you play an instrument. Get up here. Lead us in worship and sing. Maybe... You have a fire in your heart for the next generation because you know what I hear a lot over the last couple years is a whole lot of lip service from people that are scared for our teens and our children, and they do nothing about it. So if you're one of those people that has a fire in your heart for the next generation, why don't you jump in and start serving the next generation and start loving them and start pouring into them. I could go on that one for a whole other hour, but I won't. (laughs) Don't count God out on the gift that he has given you, whatever that gift may be. Number two, why should we serve? Because serving is a blessing in disguise. I thoroughly believe that God has a way of blessing you and I through the modes that we choose to serve in. I have two examples. The first one that comes to mind is, is my wife and her best friend in the whole wide world, Tiffany. Now, when we... First, joined Hope City Church before we came here. The youth pastor, it took seconds before the youth pastor approached us and was like, Hey, will you serve in the student ministry? Will you come and love on some middle school and high school boys, middle school, high school girls? And we said, Yes. Elkie, that Sunday, met Tiffany and they became inseparable ever since. They are the best friends in the whole wide world. Tiffany just had her baby, so they get to experience motherhood together in the same season they do everything together so much so that after a year of us living here tiffany and her husband nick moved to colorado as well mainly cuz we were telling them that they should move out here cuz they wanted to be close to one another and elkie would have never found a lifelong friendship had it never been for her willingness to say yes to serve and god blessing that the other story that comes to mind is for one of my other small group leaders here um, she she's one of our one of our always rock steady volunteers and a few a, a month or two ago she went through a hard period where she lost a pet And if you're a dog person, you know how much it hurts to lose a pet. And I remember that Wednesday night, she texted me and she said, hey, we're not going to make it to youth group. Like, it's just been a rough week, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, I'm like, "Yep, please take your time. Don't worry about being here. We got you covered. And then later that night, I received this text from her. I think I have a picture of it up there. Right after youth group, a, a couple of our students went out and bought some flowers and some goodies, and they drove them over to our small group leader's house. And they dropped them off, and they made her feel better, and they made her feel loved in a time where she was needed. Now, this small group leader has been serving these students for way longer than I, I, I even know, way longer than I've been here. And so she's been blessing and serving these students, and in turn, she's been blessed back by that. In First Kings, there's a story about Elijah, and, he's go, and he goes to a widow. And he asked this widow for bread, and she tells him, hey, I only have enough flour, and I only have enough oil to make one loaf of bread for me and my son. There's a drought in the, in, in the land. There's not a whole lot of resources, and her plan is, I'm going to make this loaf of bread, and then we're going to eat it, and then we're just going to die. And, and Elijah tells her this, 1 Kings 17, verses 13 through 16. Elijah told her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first... Make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. The guts of this guy, right? Like, use your food on me. And then make some for yourself and for your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rains in the land. So she went away and did as Elijah told her. So there was food in every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. For the jar of flour was never used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. See, God blessed the widow because of her willingness to serve one of God's people. Because when we're willing to serve people, God, many ways, in many different ways, he turns that blessing back onto us.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, Thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the Give tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designated a gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 1030 AM. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program.
1: Number three, and the final reason why you should serve, is it keeps you humble. Now, I don't know about your personal sin, what you struggle with. One of my biggest issues is my pride. And it's always been that. It's always been my way is the best way. Constantly I wonder what people may think about me, figuring out how some situations may benefit me or harm me. And this has always been a thorn on my side, even all the way back to when I was a teenager. But I tell you something, nothing humbles you faster than working with teenagers. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Yeah, uh to put it to you this way. There's a student in our student ministry. Uh, they come, her family comes to second service so I can tell the story. Uh, and she like makes a living out of telling me how bad I dress. Like every single Sunday, every Wednesday, she has a critique to make about my outfit. Whether it's a good one or a bad one, she always has something to say about what I'm wearing. Or what about this? We have a a couple leaders in our ministry who are always reminded by their middle school and high school girls about how they're single and how they need to find a husband. Every single time, they, they get reminded by that, and those kids just, in a loving way, give them relationship advice. And who doesn't want relationship advice from a seventh grader? Or what about this? The times that I spend hours and hours and hours working and pouring over a sermon just to look out into the crowd of my beautiful teenagers, and three of them are asleep. They're not even listening to anything I'm saying. Ministry keeps you humble. Servanthood keeps you humble. And it's one of the coolest realizations that you arrive to when you serve, and that is that a servant is never above what he or she is being asked to do. There is no small task. I don't care if you are a CEO or if you're a janitor or if you're a milkman or if you're a a trash can guy. There is no small task that you or I are above. And I can't help but think of Jesus when I, when I think about being humble. About the night that, that he washed his disciples' feet. Now here you have Jesus in the flesh, the savior of the universe. He just walked on water. He healed people. He turned water to wine. He raised the dead. He fed 5,000 with minimal resources. And he's with his disciples, and they're eating dinner, and they're just bickering back and forth about who the greatest is. Typical men, right? It's always a show. Who's, who's the strongest? Who's the coolest? And they're sitting there talking back and forth, ignoring Jesus. And Jesus is sitting there watching them. Meanwhile, no one has had their feet washed, which is a big deal in the ancient world. Now, if you don't know this, in the ancient world, they wear those, like, strap sandal things that all the cool people wear nowadays, but they were, like, much dirtier back then. Because people would take these pots where they would go to the bathroom, they don't have toilets, and they would chuck these pots with pee and all kinds of other disgusting things into the streets, and there's animals in the streets that are pooping and peeing on the streets, and you're walking through it with your sandals and your little piggies exposed, and they get all nasty and grungy and disgusting, so the practice was when you would enter the home of somebody, the lowest of servants would get on his hands and knees, he would strap a towel on, and he would wash the feet of the guest. And that's what we were supposed, that's what the disciples should have been doing. But we see that this isn't the case. John 13 verses uh, 2 through 5, it says this, "'The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus.' Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took up his outer clothing, and wrapped up a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. If anyone in the world had the ultimate get-out-of-serving card, it was Jesus. If anybody out there could say, I don't need to serve, it was Jesus. Because He's about to pay the ultimate price for you and for me and for all these dirty, ungrateful fishermen. But instead, he gets on his hands and knees and he starts cleaning feet. Our Lord and Savior setting an example for what a true servant should look like and what true humility looks like. And this is the humility level that we are called to do and that God is calling us to do. We're called to simply try and meet those needs, not turn our nose up to those needs, not decide that those needs are too small for us. Church, we live in a world that preaches, take care of yourself. We live in a world that teaches our children and our teenagers, nothing matters but you. Take care of you, you're number one. Don't worry about anybody else. If you have time, take care of others. There was a study done where they interviewed hundreds of teenagers and they asked them, what do you wanna be when you grow up? And 54% of them said they wanna be celebrities. Now there's, that's not, that shouldn't be shocking. When all that they're told constantly is worry about you, 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 me, 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 me. We're a consumer, a consuming society that just wants to consume and we don't want to give back in many cases. And it's, and it's happening to our children. This, you know, we, we think of ourselves first. William Shakespeare put it this way. The meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. But Jesus calls us to live different than the word. He calls us to deny ourselves and be willing to bond servants and when we choose to serve one another in whatever way that may be for you you're serving christ matthew 25 40 and the king will answer them truly i say to you as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers you did it unto me so i want to challenge you as i wrap up i want to challenge you to plug in i want to challenge you to jump in and look for places to jump into. And if you don't know where to start and you call Valley View Christian Church your home, there are tables out there in that lobby that you can stop at on your way out and learn about ways that you can plug in and start pouring into people. Go chat with people and learn what the needs are at this church. Not only is it good for you and is it going to be a blessing for you, but when we use our gifts to partner with God and what he's already doing in the lives of many other people at this church and in this community, it is a good thing. And we get to partner with God in one of the best stories that has ever been written. Let me pray for us, and we'll keep going. Father God, Lord, I thank you for this morning. Father, I thank you for the people in this room that have already said yes. The people in this room that have said yes to serving. The people in this room that have said yes to sacrificing their time. To be there for one another, to be there for, for for people that are in need, whether it be the widow that needs her lawn mode, whether it be the people that don't have food on their table, or 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 children's or 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 babies or students, Father, or whatever dedication, whatever thing that they've gone through to, to pick a place to serve, Father, we thank you for those people. So, and Lord, I, I want to pray for those in this room. God, that this message maybe ruffled a feather or two, or maybe it challenged them. God, would you, would you put a need in their heart to plug in and to serve, God, not just because of what they can get out of it and the blessings that come from it, but, God, because you call us to serve and you call us to be there for one another and you call us to lay down our life, Father, for you and for your kingdom. And in many ways, your kingdom, Father, looks like serving each other in our time of need. God, we thank you for everything. We thank you for the blessings that you pour onto us in our life. Be with us today. prayer Jesus'
0: To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.